Our weekly Wednesday conversation with the very best hockey analyst in the business, Andy Brickley, is sponsored by Norfolk Power Equipment and Kubota Tractor. Visit Norfolk Power today to enjoy money-saving year-end Kubota deal days. Check out NorfolkPower.com for more. Based on all the hockey you see, first of all, good morning, Andy. How are you? Good morning, fellas. I'm doing great. Based on all the hockey you see, I'm sure there's some games and some teams that are more interesting. Tonight would be one of those games, would it not? Absolutely. Tonight and Saturday, both uh, oh, that's right. and back and back. play each other. It's a home and home with some days in between, but neither team will play any other game. So the next two full games between these two clubs, and they're both fighting for first place in the division. Oh, how do you account for the fact that the Bruins have had their number? I know they've only played them twice, but they've beaten them handily. This is a very good hockey team that is actually ahead of the Bruins in the standings. I like the matchups. I think Boston matches up pretty good uh, against Toronto. It'll be a little bit more difficult here in Toronto because of uh, the change situation. So you'll see a little bit of chess match tonight trying to get Chara basically and his partner out there against uh, Phil Kessel and his line. And I think that uh, if you're able to keep that line, especially Phil Kessel, off the scoreboard and then you match up the other three forward lines against each other, the pairings, it favors Boston. And that's generally the, the way it goes. And I think Boston also has a huge advantage in goal. Mm. Does uh, first place matter to you at uh, on November 30th, Andy? Um, probably doesn't matter to me. Uh, I think it matters to these players. I think they uh, feel like they've really accomplished something given where they were at 3-7. and seven. Right. Uh, I think divisional games mean more to these players. Uh, I think coming into Toronto, because a lot of these guys are Canadian, matters a lot. So, yeah, first place is part of it, but... It's a lot of elements when you talk about Bruins and Leafs. You mentioned keeping Kessel off the scoreboard. Certainly easier said than done. MVP contender. What's gotten into him? Why is this game uh, ramped up even even higher? Well, he's got better players around him, number one. Uh, Toronto's done a nice job of adding some, some talent to allow him to be a better player. I think he has a better understanding of the game. I think he's more mature. He's at that point now where I think winning matters more than individual statistics. And I think it's just a natural progression of a really good player. Hey, the last, uh, the 10-game winning streak, the last, tw- obviously the loss was not exactly an embarrassing loss. Uh, the last 12 games, is that, how fluky, on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being just the flukiest thing you've ever seen and 1 being no fluke at all, how fluky was the, the last 11, 12 games? Uh, I don't know, somewhere between 5 and 7, I would say. Uh, in a league like this, like all major league sports, it's so difficult to run a table that long because of the parity that exists. Right. Uh, the officiating, uh, the gray areas, uh, special teams, uh, health of your team. A lot of those factors come in, and very rarely do you see teams put together 10, 12-game winning streaks anymore. So a little bit fluky. They won a couple of games probably that they shouldn't have, uh, but overall they're still playing great. And the uh, would you say the Detroit game is one they certainly could have, should have won? Uh, I thought they were the better team, Jerry. Yeah. I think if you break down the tape and look at it, and you just your overall sense when you watch the game, you say, wow, the Bruins had the better of the opportunities. But uh, two real good teams, the game, a game that could have gone either way, and that's the way it went. Hey, what do you, what's going to start? What's going to get in the way? Uh, obviously, injuries. We ask that about the Patriots every week. The schedule looks favorable. The quarterback's playing great. What could go wrong? You know, Injuries, top of the list. But what, what's something else that could go wrong for the, this Bruins team? Uh, complacency, I think, is an issue for me. Uh, it's definitely injuries first, and we've talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, talking about there was real no, no real pressure from the American Hockey League to put pressure on guys that were underperforming in, at the beginning of the year. But that being said, complacency, this, this core group, until they won the Stanley Cup, they weren't good front runners when they were, when they were playing well and putting winning streaks together and getting to first place. 
they seemed to sag down to the level of talent against teams that they were playing. So uh, that still kind of hangs around a little bit with this team, not as much because they know how to win now, but that's still a tiny concern for me. Hey, Brick, uh, generally speaking, is there an accepted book or a theory for a coach to know exactly when to sit down a hot goaltender to get him a little rest and get the other guy some work? I mean, if, 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 if Tim Thomas has two shutouts in a row, are you compelled to start him in the third game until he <laughs> gives up a goal? You would think so. You would think you'd want to ride the hot hand. Uh, at the same time, you have to understand he's 37 years old, 38 years old, and how many games do we want him to play this year, no matter how well he's playing. I think last week when we chatted, I thought Rask was going to play in Buffalo. Yes. He came back with Thomas. Yep. So uh, I can't really get my hands around how uh, Claude comes up with his decision-making with his coaching staff. But, um, but I guess the, the best answer and the simple answer is they have faith in both their guys. And uh and they talk to both their players, and, and both goalies have a pretty good feel of how much they want to play and when they want to play. But it, it really revolves around keeping Thomas, health, Thomas healthy and ready for the postseason. Can you compare and contrast the, 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 the tone and the tenor of, of, of a hockey game in Toronto versus Montreal, religion versus religion? I mean, are they similar or are they dissimilar? Well, uh, there's a lot less of that sense of entitlement uh, surrounding this Toronto team, the Toronto media, than you get in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I don't think they feel like they invented the game here in Toronto. Uh, I think they're a little bit more civil, a little bit more understanding. Of course, they don't have uh, 23 banners hanging in their arena either. So. That has something to do with it. Yeah, so it's a little bit more uh, appreciation. There's a lot more Bruins fans actually here in Toronto than, than you get uh, when you go to Montreal. Hey, did you know Kessel uh, when, he, when he was here? And do you, do you know exactly why he wasn't happy? And do you look back and, and do you think the – there's some regret in the organization, or is it all better now because Sagan has come along? Uh, you talk about Phil Kessel yeah. and, and, and his time in Boston. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think he was just a really immature kid. Uh, he had some baggage, uh, personal baggage, when the Bruins first drafted him, and they were well aware of that, uh, the immaturity factor, uh, expectation level, not only by the Bruins organization, but uh, for Phil himself. I don't think he was prepared for that. Uh, could not handle criticism could not handle you-have-to-earn-your-ice-time kind of uh, uh, Claude Julien system or who was ever coaching just, just a Bruin organizational belief. I don't think he was ready for that. And then when he had a breakout year where he scored a bunch of goals, he saw how much money everybody was making across the league based on those numbers, and he wanted that money right then and there, and the Bruins weren't prepared to pay him. Oh. What's the ceiling on Sagan? Um. He's kind of fluttering right now. You know, he was real hot there for a while, and yeah. that line was playing great. Uh, he certainly could have had a couple of goals in the last uh, two or three games, but hasn't scored since Buffalo. Um, you know, you see some some young, immature things that he's still doing on the ice from time to time, but for instance, still a fabulous talent. Give us a for instance. Uh, pardon me? Give us a for, a for instance of young, immature thing he would do on the ice. Skate, skate by a guy when he needs to stop on him and uh, angle him out of the play, uh, win a battle along the wall at a critical time in a hockey game when it's a one-goal game, when he's playing wing, um, make a bad line change because he's just ready to come off the ice when it's not the right time, things like that. I see. But career-wise, the ceiling. If you get Absolutely. The- Spectacular, having an awesome year. Uh, they wouldn't be where they are right now without him. Should be a high-speed, fun game to watch tonight, Brick. We'll be watching. Okay, sounds good. Give our best to Jack. Andy Brickley on the AT&T hotline. Get it faster with uh, AT&T 4G Rethink Possible. Our conversation with Brick is brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment and Kubota Tractor. Visit Norfolk Power today to enjoy money-saving year-end Kubota deal days. Check out NorfolkPower.com for more.